It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hey, well, good morning, Elevate Church. How are we? First Sunday of the month, we like to celebrate what God is doing beyond our geographical driving distance uh, using technology. And I remind us that all we see isn't all that there is. And we have an online uh, experience twice on a Sunday, which is then available on demand. And we're seeing more and more people engaging with that, which is fantastic. Um, and also we have our podcast, which goes out, the messages that are preached here, recorded, pushed out on all of the major podcast platforms. Just last month, uh, two countries that joined, two of the countries that joined uh, during the month of August for our podcast were uh, Il Bel Paese, yes, uh, La Bella Italia, and uh, Spain. So, uh, benvenuti and bienvenidos to our Italian and Spanish people. How about we welcome all of our podcast friends and family joining us from around the world. Now, here's a question. Anybody here ever heard of TED Talks? Anybody heard of TED Talks? Okay, TED. now, if you haven't, here's the thing. TED Talks aren't a guy named Ted who likes to talk. All right, just let me clarify that. Uh, this TED stands for Technology, Entertainment and Design. Um, started in 1984 as a conference. And these days, they hold over 3,000 events every year right around the world. The byline of TED is ideas worth spreading. And uh, one such chap who had an idea worth spreading is a guy named A.J. Jacobs. Now, A.J. Jacobs on a normal day went into his local coffee shop as he does most mornings before work, grabs his order, gets his coffee, and his son issued him a challenge. Dad, how about you take on the uh, project of thanking everybody who contributed to you being able to sit here and enjoy that cup of coffee. Now, it's important to understand before I tell you how this thing unraveled is that A.J. Jacobs, his personality doesn't actually lend itself to him going around and thanking people. So he, you know, who doesn't like to show your kid a lesson or two in how life is sometimes better off? He decided to push past his comfort zone and start to thank the people involved in him ultimately being able to drink that cup of coffee. Obvious starting point, he went up to the barista. Her name is Chung. And he said to Chung, I just want to thank you so much for the coffee this morning. Well, Chung was actually kind of blown away. And she said to him, uh, I very rarely get thanked for serving the coffee. Most of the customers that come here think of baristas as like a vending machine. So she was pretty chuffed. And he said, well, actually, I, I want to I, I want to thank everybody that was involved in making this cup of coffee. So Chung says, all right, well, Chung took him out the, the back of the store, introduced him to Ed. And Ed's the roaster. 
And so he said, oh, thanks, Ed, thanks very much for roasting the beans that went in to make this cup of coffee. And by the way, Ed said, well, listen, and Ed took the opportunity to give him a little bit of uh, pro tips into how you can uh, taste coffee and enjoy the experience even more. So his uh, act of being grateful and expressing it, because feeling it and expressing it are two steps, uh, expressing it to Ed, well, there's a little bit of personal kickback to him. But it didn't stop there. He ultimately went on to find and thank the miners in Minnesota who extract the iron, who made the roaster. He went and found the cup lid designer and thanked the cup lid designer for designing the lid on the cup that he drank the morning coffee from. He went and, thank, he went and found the warehouse cleaners who keep the warehouse where the coffee beans before they're roasted are stored to thank them because they keep the warehouse clean, which stops the vermin from eating the beans before they get roasted. He went on to find the growers in Colombia and thank them. He went to Madison Avenue and thanked the ad uh, moguls for, for creating the ad campaign that encouraged him to say, go to that coffee shop and uh, have that coffee. And ultimately, in his journey of wanting to thank every single person who contributed to his one cup of coffee in one place on one morning, saw him source, seek out and thank over 1,000 people. That, that, that his one cup of coffee required 1,000 people to all play their part and for all of those things to come together so that he could have his cup of coffee. Well, th this was an idea worth spreading that he went and gave a TED talk and ultimately wrote a book called Thanks a Thousand. And that book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. One of the important things when you, when you watch his TED talk and or read the book is the big idea is he's trying to get across that that we ought to, as humans, spend more time being grateful for and showing grateful for the hundreds of things that go right in our lives every single day instead of the few that go wrong. He ultimately delved into the field of psychology and, and, and discovered that his experience, personal experience, was actually something that psychologists have studied and found to be true. That the benefits of feeling and expressing gratitude, I'm talking the benefits to you, the expresser, regardless of the expressee, include improving compassion, healing your body, hello, and help battling depression. All right, sold. So last week we launched a brand new series called How We Fight Our Battles. And we, under, we just recognize the reality is all of us come across battles at various points in time. And when you do, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It simply means you're human. And that God, whether we like it or not, actually very rarely takes us out of the battle even though we sometimes ask him to. Beam me up, Gotti. Not bad. He does, however, give us tools and weapons that he uses in concert with us to lead us through 
the battles that we invariably faced. So last week we talked about God's Word as actually being the instructions. This, this, this tool that, that's full of instructions that if we stand on God's Word, we, we learn to stay strong in the battle. And if we don't, God's Word's just a dust collector. It's actually impotent in our lives. Well, today I want to pick up on A.J. Jacob's inspo and look at gratitude as a tool or a weapon that God's actually given us to use in our battles. Now, question, how many have ever played the, if you could have one superpower, what would it be games? Anyone ever play that one? Yeah, you know, and you go, ah, oh, I'd like to fly like Superman. Or you say, oh, I'd like to uh, be able to run fast like the Flash. Or I'd like to be rich like Batman. Now, did you know, did you know, when you, when you play this game, someone asks you, oh, would you have a superpower? You don't have, have, have to choose from the existing you can make one up. I found this one during the week. This is how some wag. I would like the power to fill things. Wallet empty, boom, now it's full. Glass empty and still thirsty, boom. Driving someplace and getting low on gas, boom. See someone on, you hate on the street, boom. Now they have a full bladder. See? I mean, just in this moment, some of you are thinking, you know what? I could have used that in my past and Maybe in my future. Well, yeah. Just like this is a superpower, gratitude is also a superpower. The thing about gratitude, however, it's a superpower that's within reach for all of us if we choose to use it in our everyday lives. And the big idea today is that giving thanks in the battle gives you strength for the battle. Now, I want to show you something that David wrote. If you've got your smart phone somewhere, you can scan the flow code. It's going to take you to Psalm 103 in the New Living Translation. Now, there's around 150 Psalms. It might be 150. I skipped a couple of Bible college classes. It might have been in one of them. But it's, let's just call it 150. And David wrote about half of them, okay? This is one of his bangers. I want to just give you the heads up, though because I'd encourage you, I'm going to read a few slices of this this morning, but I would encourage you to read the whole thing in, in, in your own time. And you're going to discover something potentially quite uh, shocking. That in this psalm, David doesn't ask God for anything. And in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I'm going to say about that. Not a single request in it. So let me start verse one. This is David. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will, I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. Now, in case it's not obvious to you, just let me highlight something at this point. David's not speaking to God. David's actually speaking to himself. Not in a fetch the man a straitjacket kind of way, but, but, but in a way that's actually very instructive for you and I. It's a recalibrate and focus kind of narrative that David's giving himself. Just last month, I watched a potentially illegal amount of the Commonwealth Games. And... Uh, I saw this in action again and again and again. I saw it in the jumps, the high jump, the long jump, the triple jump. 
I saw it in the throws, the javelin, the discus, the hammer throw, the shot put. Um, I think I even saw it in the lawn bowls. People psyching themselves up. You can do this. You've got this. You know, go down your local gym, you'll see the gym bros doing this in front of the mirror. And a relatively recent phenomenon with everyone walking around the gym with their headphones on, the gym bros have no concept of how loud they are. So when they're psyching themselves up, it's a problem. You got this, you can do this, you can do this. Old mate's on the peck deck showing his cash and prizes and he's like, what in the world is going on over there? <laughs> but, but here's the thing we can learn from David. You know, in the battle, one of the most important things you can do is give yourself a good talking to. <clears throat> to drown out the circumstances. Not deny them. to tell yourself and remind yourself who you are and whose you are. Because we can start to forget that. Because we get discouraged and we start to feel a bit defeated. And the narrative starts to shift. We need to, we need to speak a different narrative over ourselves in the battle. Remind ourselves that we're created on purpose and for a purpose. Remind ourselves that God's got our back. He didn't airlift us out of the battle, but he didn't abandon us in the battle. He's in the battle with us. And, 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 and not just drown out that, drown out the enemy who's telling you you're gonna fail. You can't do this. Look at your past. Look at your parents. Look at your job. Look at your bank account. We need to remind and, and speak a different narrative over our lives in the battle. We need to speak a, a different narrative than the one that the critics and the doubters are doing. You know, when you start to get in a battle, particularly for a Jesus follower, because we're meant to be, you know, I don't know what we're meant to be, but, you know, some people think that if we're in a battle that God, you know, must be kind of retired. And, and, and people like to pile on. <laughs> they like to pile on for all sorts of reasons these days. Keyboard warriors. No skin in the game. Oh, this is what I think. No one cares. Get a job. Move, move out of your parents' spare room. But, but I think sometimes the most important voice that we need to drown out in a battle is the narrative that starts to play out in our own mind. The negative self-talk. And drown that out with declarations of victory. Uh, psychology uses the term negativity bias. And I'm like, ooh, that sounds impressive. But what is that? Well, actually, you already know. <laughs> it's the proclivity for many people to focus on the one or two bad things that happen or that are said rather than the hundreds of good things that happen that are said. They were like, it's called negativity bias. And it's actually close cousins of a cultural term called the hedonic treadmill. I know I'm very impressive this morning. More than, more than usual, which is hard to believe. Uh, the hedonic, so hedonism, you understand that term. 
The hedonic treadmill is a phrase used to describe this phenomenon that when we kind of get something new that we've been wanting and hoping for, it's all like, yes, look at my new job. Woohoo! Look at my new car. Woohoo! Look at my new. And then two months later, yeah, you know, how's the job going? That's no, all right. And, and, then, and then worse still, two months later, when we talk about our job, the only thing we talk about is we grumble. And we're on this treadmill that we're never happy, we're never satisfied, we're never grateful. It's like, <clears throat> Grumbling's natural, but gratitude is supernatural. L- let, me, let, me, let me give you some examples. Instead of grumbling about paying taxes, how about be grateful that you've got an income? <laughs> that the government wants a piece of, sure, but... Instead of... You better hold on to your toupees for this one. Instead of grumbling that political leaders aren't doing what you in your infinite wisdom and experience think they ought to be doing, why not be thankful that you live in a democracy that even though you don't like everything about it, it still affords you choices that some people in some countries don't have access to, and if they speak up against what they think political leaders should or shouldn't be doing, it actually has the potential to be life-threatening. Instead of grumbling about the price of fuel, be grateful that you've got a car that runs. If it doesn't run, doesn't need fuel. ain't going anywhere. Or, of course, you could always get yourself a Vespa, just so you know, that when petrol reached its peak about, what, two months ago, uh, this guy, the, the fuel light came on, on my Vespa, filled it up from zero to full, like when the, the, you know, the gas kind of spits back at you. Oh, I guess it's full now. 12 bucks. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, well, okay, okay, yes. All right, full disclosure, it's the first time I've ever paid double digits for fuel, but, you know... That band-aid wasn't too big to rip off. So it's good to be me. But, but, but you also know this, that the more you look for good things, the more you find them. And it's not because they weren't there <laughs> before you started looking. It's because you started looking. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. The, 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 here's, a, here's a fun biology fact. We don't see the world with our eyes. We see the world through our eyes. Actually, our heart, our mind, that's, that's where the perspective comes from. And so this is just this reminder that if we're looking for things to be grateful for, you will automatically start to find them. All right, David. God forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed, not going there this week, like the eagles, even though I could. So David's reminded us when we're in the battle... Cast your mind back to the God who got you through the last battle 
And then remember that it's the same God who's with us in this battle. And here's a pro tip. Uh, these tools and weapons that we started talking about last week, God's Word, today, gratitude. Uh, when you're in the battle, boot camp has officially finished. <laughs> and the time to learn how to use these tools and these weapons is before you need them. It's in boot camp. Because in the battle, it's often too late. So become somebody who doesn't just think grateful thoughts. Become somebody who actually expresses gratitude because it's actually, you know, unexpressed gratitude is relatively impotent. It'll make you feel a bit warm and a bit fuzzy, but it has very little, if any, impact on the people in your sphere. It's actually expressed gratitude, which is the real real superpower. In fact, A.J. Jacobs in his book, he says it this way, it's easier to act your way. Remember, he's a guy that this didn't come naturally for, okay? It's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than it is to think your way into a new way of acting. Which I might push back in because it sounds a little bit fake until you make it kind of thing and I'm not, I don't do fakes. But, but it's more about cultivate the practice because it matters and you'll experience the benefits in due course, even if at the beginning of the process, it's not something that comes natural to you, that it's worth it, but it has to be intentional. It has to be habitual. It has to be consistent. So, you know, thank the person who scanned your groceries. Thank the colleague who gave you an assist on the project. Uh, thank the person who cooked your meal. And I don't mean at the restaurant, I mean in your house. And if you need some working inspo, check this out. How simple is that? So I want to actually, like, I'm, I'm going to give you all some homework in a minute, but before I do, let's actually, let's actually practice this here and now. And I want to very specifically thank several groups of people in our, in our spheres that we all have some level of interface with. Over the last two plus years, you all know it's been a bit wonky. Earth got kicked off its axis and a lot of things changed. A lot of things had to change and a lot of people had to change and a lot of people had to do things that really, really uh, stretched them. And, and I want to give a special shout out to some people who, who, from my observations, this was more significant than others. The first one is teachers. Uh, for a few reasons. Number one... <laughs> While most of us were being told to stay home, to stay safe, work from home, teachers being told, go to work. 
whether you like it or not, and, and get in front of grubby, petri dish filled, germ infested children. And this is before we even bought masks. Or in some cases, they did stay at home, but then they had to overnight craft virtual lessons and lesson plans and deliver them and learn how to use Microsoft Teams and electricity and stuff. And so, and so even if, if, you've got, if you've got kiddos in school, you, you know this already, right? I mean, they were heroes. Even if you haven't, you, you, you need to understand, we all need to understand that effective education benefits everyone in society, right? So how about we give express thanks to our teachers, yeah? Come on. It's not that hard, people. Come on. All right. Just getting warmed up. Health workers. Everybody stay home. Health workers, go to work and we're going to send the sick people to you. And not just the normal amount that you're expected, but like this whole kind of new thing. Um, and work extra hours and uh, you, you, you guys know it. And again, if you didn't get sick, great, fantastic. But again, probably you know someone that did. And even if you don't, the fact is our community was being served literally on the front lines by healthcare workers. Uh, so how about we give our gratitude to healthcare workers, huh? Come on. This is not an exhaustive list. I'm going to throw one more group in there. There's plenty more. And, and our homework will play to that. Uh, <laughs> retail and supply chain workers. I know that you all didn't get to choose the brand of TP that you preferred. Some of you had to downgrade from three-ply to two-ply and you wondered how people even live like cannibals and savages like this. But once again, everything had to change. Businesses had to, had to change their entire approach in many cases. Um, not by choice, by necessity. And keep showing up and keep doing your job and, and keep serving people so that we would have, we, you know, Joe Schmo, have access to goods and services um, to keep our communities running in a time where our supply chains have been hit like never before and continue to be hit. So how about we thank our retail and supply chain workers? So here's the homework. And then I'm going to thank one more group of people personally. But here's the homework. You know people, chances are, you know people who fall into one of these three categories. Like you already know them. They're in, they're in your contacts. Or they live next to door, Or they may even be in your house. <laughs> here's the homework. How about you personally express them some gratitude? Maybe today, this afternoon, before you take your dad nap on the couch. Oh, man, those hot dogs. Just a couple of messages. Or during the week, just, just say, listen, I just want to thank you so much for what you've done. It could be with your kiddos, but it doesn't have to be. Just thanks so much for standing strong over the last couple of years. And just, just see, just see what it does for you and, and see what that does for the person that you send a thanks to. Now, my final thing uh, is personally, uh, churches... Uh, we had to do some stuff differently. 
um, it's kind of weird when like one of the mainstays of churches is gathering together in indoor spaces, uh, and we were like, uh, "Sorry, uh, you can't even leave your house." Uh, my neighbours were like, they saw me like for t- the lockdown 1.0, 12 weeks. They were like, "So we're uh, looking for a new job, are we?" I'm like, "Screw you!" I mean, it's 2020. 2020. We got we got options, but but here's the thing: we pivoted our media team. We pivoted. Obviously, we moved things live. We moved things online. We kind of did that overnight. We had people jumping in who've never been in front of a camera before and so on and so forth. It was just this incredible scramble. And, uh, and that's great, right? So well done to the team. But here's the thing. <laughs> there was no promise anyone was going to show up. Like, uh, but, you, but, but you did. I mean, those of you, you know who you are. You did. We, we had lockdown here and we had people showing up online. And then ScoMo let us out and we came back. And then McGowan kicked us out again and we went home and then we got let out again and then we got told to go home again. And we, it was, it was just, it, come on, it was bananas, right? And yet people, you know who you are, you kept planted. So whether it's in person, which we love, whether it's online, which we love that we have that op- option as well. People stayed planted. And you know one of the reasons I know people stayed planted? It's not, I mean, we see the metrics, YouTube and Facebook, they invasively tell us who you are and where you are. Um, our giving stayed the same for the last two years. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I know it's not the only metric that you can measure commitment, but it's, it's, it is a very powerful metric. It's like, I come and I, and, I, and I give my money, like, when I'm there, and when I'm not there, I don't. It's like, no, it's not a restaurant, people. <laughs> this is the kingdom of God. And we're about reaching people and building people in person and online, and, 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 and it's very borderless these days. And I just, so, so I just say to you that we're part of that journey, thank you, and well done. And I hope that you had experienced the benefits as much as we and the team members appreciated that you went on this crazy roller coaster with us. And, and here we are, September 2022, and there's still some COVID floating around. I'm not going to comment on any of that, but I'm, what I'm saying is that over the last two years and change, because of you staying planted, we're now in position for the next chapter that God's got for us. I know some of my personal friends in Australia who lead churches, they saw their churches shrink by up to 50% of people just checking out and, and then not checking back in again over the two years. And I'm like, I mean, it's hard to build something when 50% of the bricks decide not to show up on the job site, right? <laughs> we still build something, it's not very good. And, uh, and, we, and we haven't seen that, you know, and I just, I, I love that. So keep that up. Um, and uh, I, I know that God's got so much more for us uh, from this day forward. So there you go. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after.
And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.